We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Guys. Let's crank her up. All right. Welcome into McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That's Tyler Siski. We're live at Broadway on the Rocks. About, I don't know, what would you say, a quarter mile maybe? Not even that from Albertson Stadium. A block, two blocks. Yeah. Eighth of a mile maybe. Yeah. Uh, thanks again to the people at Rain, Rain Total Body Fuel, for making uh, this entire trip possible from Vegas to here in Boise. This is the. Uh, I guess the final day of our trip. We fly. This home. is it. We fly home tomorrow, uh, back to uh, back to Memphis and down before the uh, the cold. The cold has a flight a day after us from here to uh, there. Actually, more cold. Going to be colder in Oxford than it is in Boise. Is that possible? Apparently so. Dude, if it's colder at home than it is right here, I'm going to be in trouble. So, I'll be at home for. I'll be inside next to the fireplace. So the. Uh, Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I don't know why I've struggled with that name all week. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl is this afternoon here at 1.30 here. Is that right? 1.30. So 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern, San Jose State, Eastern Michigan. Uh, I'm paying up my bet today. I'm in my T-shirt. All right. Let's, let's stand up and let's go ahead and get it over with. Let's stand up and get your, oh, okay. get your shirt demoed. There's, there's the shirt. I'll move the glasses. You might have to walk a little closer potatoes, since he's got, potatoes, he's got you fish-eyed. Can you see it? Yes, he he's got you fish-eyed. So, potatoes have feelings, too. we got the rain total body fuel, the road to Boise on the back. Got the MPW Digital logo on one sleeve. we got McCready and Siski on the other sleeve. I mean, you're, you're one. I feel like a NASCAR yeah, driver. You're, one, you're a number away from being a, a NASCAR driver. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. Ricky Bobby kind of a thing, you know. <laughs> That's the best uh, yeah. scene in any movie ever, the outtakes. <laughs> That's great. Hey, since it's our last day in Boise, yeah, it's game day. It is. I need a little extra juice today. I'm cranking it up with my all-time favorite, Rain Inferno Red Dragon. And my guy, Bob, it's easily, Ryan. It's easily my overall oh, favorite. They, took they brought me two cases of it. I don't know if I'm going to drink two cases today. I'm get that back. Um, we'll figure it out. It's the best stuff on the market. Have you tried the Red Dragon yet? All right, crank it up. Let's see what you think. We got, we're going to do a, a blind taste test. You don't have to drink it all. I got you one you can take home. You're down? It's pretty good. So it's got the Hawaiian punch to it. He's enjoying what appears to be a porter of some sort. It's a stout. Oh. There you go. He, he is not playing today. He has three reins and a stout. He's ready to roll. I mean, and he brought water. He's gonna be hydrated. Oh, and he's well. got he's water good. too. Yeah, the bathroom's around the corner. <laughs> um, but no, it's. Uh, I'm excited, man. Uh, I told. Uh, I told Bob I had a rough night last night. Yeah, well, you told the entire live stream about it a moment ago. Yeah, well, I guess it was. I wanted live, to right? remind you that yeah. the mics were live, it's but right. I figured at that point you already knew. Yeah, I had a rough night last night. The uh, 
Cabasis, Cabernet, right? Camus. 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 C a y m u s. I'm not a massive wine guy like you are. You're right, but dude. So when you say I'm a massive wine guy, that well, that's more that than I'm me. a really big person who drinks wine. Well, that's just more than me. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you're just insulting me all day today. You know, they had that was good, man. Is that local here? I, I don't even no, know. Camus no, is uh, it's it's a it, it, you can get it in Oxford. You can get it in Oxford. Uh-huh. So I highly recommend that for all you wine drinkers. What's that? They serve at the grill house. That's what Cole says. I believe him, but it tasted just as good going down as it or coming up as it did going down. So I got to, I got to do it twice last night. It was really so, good. Something tells me that's not part of their marketing plan. No, but it was that's really not good. Really, you know, when they think, but, hey, when they're in the meeting and they're like, you know, how do we how do we market this wine? No one ever says, well, you know what we should do? We should talk about how it's just as good coming up yeah. as it is going down. That person gets fired from the marketing meeting. Yeah, but it was really Five good. Five minutes later, somebody goes, this isn't going to work. It was great. Um, I learned a lot about wine last night with my guy, Bob. Bob showed me how to aerate the wine. Yeah. He told me about legs, legs on the wine. I did not know that. I learned that. I was yesterday years old when I learned that. It's good. It's good to be always be expanding your horizons. So I have a, I have a really uh, – suspicious feeling that i will be getting a couple bottles for christmas dinner now you should because my uncle's coming uh my uncle tom's coming down from memphis big wino he likes it so that's probably means he's a drunk wine guy but he's not it's just he likes it a lot so him and my dad we'll be we'll be we'll have some of it for uh christmas so this, this is our last show before christmas what it is what is your what is your christmas eve ritual what's your christmas day what, what's your deal yeah um i'm excited to be out of coaching get to enjoy a little bit more um usually when i was coaching uh we had christmas at our house every year because especially as the kids got older um you want to have christmas at home and those things got tough when we had to travel on christmas day that that sucked uh trying to explain to your kids you know some things uh if you're a kid and you're listening to this show turn it off um but I liked, uh, we do Christmas Eve, Christmas dinner at the house, Christmas Eve dinner. We do a open one gift. Yeah. One gift, Christmas Eve. And then uh, Christmas morning, Santa Claus comes, and we crank it up and go. My favorite, my favorite Christmas was in Tuscaloosa. We opened presents. Uh, the kids got on, we got them little dirt bikes that I bought with Bitcoin, by the way. Have I ever told you this story? No, it's, this, is, this is a new one. My wife... Um, my wife had uh, said she wanted to get the kids these little miniature dirt bikes for Christmas. Okay. And she said, so how old are the kids at this time? Oh, six and seven. Okay. Because we had a big field out by our house. We lived out uh, by North River Yacht Club. It was on the backside of a golf course. Okay. Um, and I thought they were too expensive. So I went looking on. I said, they're not that expensive. So I found a website. They were like $300 a piece cheaper. But you had to buy it with Bitcoin. Okay. So I purchased. This is what? Four or five years ago? 2012, 13, okay. somewhere in there. Oh, 10 years ago. Yeah. Bitcoin was around 10 years ago? Bitcoin's been out since like 08 or 09. Okay. I'm an investor. Okay. Now, after this. Yeah, I bought like, I don't know, like 45 Bitcoin to buy this thing. And they were like, because Bitcoin was like dirt cheap, you know? Yeah. And you had to do it. They came, everything was good, except those those motorbikes that are now in the dump somewhere worth about <laughs> 500 million dollars or something i don't know i just very depressing that i bought all that bitcoin to buy motorbikes and so those the most expensive motorbikes in the history of mankind <laughs> so um now they're they're worth a lot but it so. made for a good christmas day right oh they loved it and then i had to i watched them ride it by three times and i had to go watch film for practice because y'all had a bowl game coming up I had a bowl game that was the year we played uh ohio state i think so what is your, do you have a traditional Christmas Eve dinner, traditional Christmas dinner? Is it very? Yeah, so uh, mom cooks. My mother can cook. And she's got, uh, I got some things that I have to have. Oatmeal cookies. This is Christmas Eve? This is, yeah, just Christmas period. Okay. Oatmeal okay. cookies. Have you ever had those? It's like a, an oatmeal drop cookie that it's like a Hershey's cocoa and, and oatmeal and butter and stuff like that. It's know. very difficult to make. You have to put like paraffin wax in them to make them like solidify. Good. Really good. I guess I have not had that. Yeah, it's good. Um, Reese cup cookies. Yeah. I'm down for those. She makes those. Uh, she makes a hash brown casserole that I okay. have to have. Dressing. I don't do stuffing. I do dressing. It's got to be, like, wet and greasy. 
Um, love it. She does a good job with that. Okay. And then for whatever reason, how is how is how is dressing wet and greasy? How do you, how do you? I don't know. It works. Though. You don't like it dry. I don't like stuff. Yeah, I call that stuffing. I want it to have. Well, it's a only stuffing if it cooks inside. I know. The bird. I just call that stuffing. That's how we do it in Alabama. I don't know. I mean, I understand that that's not correct. There's a lot of things we do that are not correct. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that happens in Alabama yeah, that's not but correct. That's just what we call it. It's like every soda in Alabama is called Coke. Everything. If you get a Pepsi, I want a Coke. Everything's Coke. So there's no you don't ever make a distinction. Even a Sprite is a Coke. Yeah, pretty much. You just say, "Hey, can I have a Coke?" And whatever they have, you get it. Okay. If you're at somebody's house, it's just how we do it. Um, but so no. What if, what if what you want is an orange soda? I don't drink those, so I've never don't know. <laughs> well, they drink them in Alabama because I lived there for a while and I would see them. So if, I just never ordered one. Okay. Yeah, right. I don't know. All right. Never done that. So all right, I want some. I want to talk about some things real quick before we get because we're going. Go get you, let you freeze your ass off today. I know you're excited about that. I am. All right, so uh, non-football related, because I'm a big golf fan. Uh, this morning, uh, Chairman Fred Riley, who is the commissioner, uh, or chairman, I guess, of the Masters Committee, announced, shockingly, I think, that everyone, they're sending out invitations, I guess, this week to everyone who's qualified, and that includes the Live Golf Tour, which I told you this morning we were kind of talking about it. I was like, that may be the – not the nail in the coffin, but that's going to force the PGA to step up. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I don't keep up with golf at all. Um, that being said, I've, I do a show every day with Chase, who's real into golf. And so I've kept up with this story to a degree. It's going to force the PGA to be more competitive with younger players to keep them um, on the PGA Tour at the beginning of their careers. I think the older players who've already made their money, who now get the big offer from LIV, they're, they're, peace, they're peace out. Unless they, for whatever reason, feel like, hey, I don't need that money. Can't, yeah. really, can't really relate to that. But in the event that that's what they thought. Now, if, what was going to stop some of those guys from doing it was, say you've made $70 million in, in your career and you've invested it wisely, you're, you're good. Yeah. So you start to focus on your legacy. So for those guys, if, hey, if I, can't play, if I can't play in the Masters and tournaments like that, well, that's where your legacy is defined, how you, how you, how you fare in those events. Well, if now you can have that too, I can, go, I can take the massive payday from LIV and – Still playing the full I can majors. play in the Masters and I can play in all the majors. I got to go at that point. I've got to go to the PGA Tour and say, hey, fellas, what are we doing? But it's the younger guys now who've been saying, well, I, I want to play in the Masters. I grew up, my dream was to play in the Masters. That's what I always wanted to do. I realize this is more money, but I, I'm unwilling to let my dream go yet. Now those guys can say, hey, I can take the money and play in the Masters. I can have the best of both worlds. It's going to force the PGA to step up. Yeah, so the big, you know, I, I love golf. I know Chase is a big golf guy too. Um, I love watching golf. I love playing fantasy golf, DraftKings, just saying. Um, big, big golf guy. The problem right now with the majors, the four majors that we're talking about, obviously, is the <clears throat> PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, the Masters, and the British Open. Those – those four are not technically PGA Tour events, even though you do get FedEx Cup points. They're not run by the PGA Tour. Now, the trick is is that to qualify for those events, you have to be ranked somewhere ranked in the world, right? Well, the official world golf rankings do not recognize 54 whole events to qualify for points. And so the world rankings, I think, still will have to adjust how they rank players. Because technically these guys are still qualified for the Masters because of what they, before they went to live tour, where they're ranked and they haven't fallen out of the rankings, whatever it is. Um, but like you're saying, if they are allowed to play moving forward in the U.S. Open and the PGA, even if they start falling the world rankings or if the world rankings puts them in there, why would you go play in the John Deere Classic if you can go make a $700,000 appearance fee on the live tour? You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. So, 
it's either going to force, like you said, it's either going to force the PGA Tour to step up and pay the guys, or it's going to, uh, or everybody's going to leave and go to live tour. One, two. You got my man's fired up over there, huh? I know. She's she's pumped up for game day. Look at her. She's ready to go. She's very clearly an Eastern Michigan fan. She's how do you think? She, how you, how do you think she would? You think you think Dad would be happy if I went over there and handed her a red dragon right now? No, Dad would not like that right now. He would. He would Willie McGinnis you. He, he would. He would. So did you see that? I did. I, I was not aware of it until just a little while ago when you uh, when you sent it to me. Oh, you, so you looked at it like I don't. <sighs> I don't know the context on it. I get. Can you give me any context as to what that, happened? Well, that's the problem, right? So, so this is a video. A video of Willie, Willie McGinnis walking into a restaurant with a group of other people. Yep. And, and basically kicking the shit out of. If the guy. you just look at the video, you watch Willie McGinnis just assault somebody. Yeah. Now, and he got arrested, right, for assault? Felony assault. Allegedly. Now, the way that the guy stood up when Willie McGinnis came in, there was a relationship there. He of knew some that guy. Sort. Yeah. There's something happened. See, what had happened was something, he knew something was about to Is go down. Is there any speculation? Is this a business thing? Was this an extramarital thing? Was I, I this have no, there's nobody. I mean, it just happened. So here, here's where I get a little bit, not frustrated, but. Any of these these internet videos that come out, it's always cut at the wrong time, and public and social media jumps on one side or the other without having all the knowledge of what happened. And look, if he if it was he's in the wrong, he's in the wrong. But I think if we you know before we go rush to judgment, it probably should have a little bit more context than that. Because if you watch that video, it makes Willie McGinnis look like an asshole, and he may be, he may be the bad guy, but it's not. So. Hey, uh, we got a super chat from Holden uh, Listing. He wanted to let me know at the high last year, 45 Bitcoin was worth over $3.2 million. Get your kids something nice this year, Siski. <laughs> Those, that's that's oh. the most expensive dirt bikes ever. You okay? God. I want to say I spent, like, the cost of the bikes total was, like, at the time. I mean, it was in the, it was the low several hundreds. It wasn't. I can't remember the Bitcoin. I want to say Bitcoin was like worth a hundred bucks or something like that at the time. I can't remember. Maybe it was less than that. I can't remember what it was. But 3. I had point two million. Yeah. So each of those bikes were one point six million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they rode them pretty well. I would they, hope. they they got after them. Um, when we were in Tuscaloosa, they rode them all the time. But when we moved to Mobile, we were kind of like they didn't need to be riding the dirt bikes because it's probably not safe in the traffic yeah. where we lived in Mobile. So yeah. we had to like. Uh, my middle, he's now, uh, he's now 15. For 1.6 million, they should ride themselves through traffic. Yeah, uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> it's just wish you could go back in time. Like, people wish they'd go back in time and do things. I wish I could go back in time and just yeah, you now have go a, get them something else and pocket that Bitcoin is what I wish I could So have it done. says, what's your one life regret? Your one do-over. Tyler's like, well, see, I bought these two dirt bikes. Yeah. That was my, it was my first transaction of buying Bitcoin, too. I was, I was creeped out. I was like, I thought I was getting... Cause it wasn't cheap, I and mean, it still was, it was cheaper, but it still wasn't cheap. So I was thought I was I thought I was throwing away money, but sure, it all worked out. I had to get like a, cause they don't they didn't have Robinhood, they didn't have Coinbase and all that stuff. You had to go through weird stuff to get it, and so um, I thought I was being scammed. My wife was making fun of me because she thought I was getting scammed. So we we're talking about McGinnis. You you, yeah. you would like to know more context yeah. about it, and just in these internet stories in general, right? I mean, sure. like this happens all the time. Whether you see like half of the deal now, if he's the asshole. He's the asshole. But I don't want to rush to judgment until you know everything that happened. Like, what if that guy, like you said, if that guy was messing around with his wife and that was the context, hell, I think that guy got off pretty easy. I mean, I listened to a lot of Reasonable Doubt with Corolla, and they've been, you know, Mark Garagos, who does that show with him, is an attorney. He was a very famous defense attorney based in California. And one of his clients right now is the guy that's I guess he was a MMA guy or a professional wrestler or whatever MMA, MMA. oh um, yeah the guy allegedly I'm gonna make sure I use allegedly here so that I can double re- reduce, reduce the chances of being sued the guy that he as- alleg- allegedly assaulted had allegedly sexually assaulted his child which w- Kane Kane Velasquez so Velasquez went to jail for a while, and 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 Garagos was Garagos was working to get him out for before trial. But that's so. I, 
if you just saw the assault, you would say, what is this guy doing? But then when you get some context on it, well, he was allegedly assaulting his young child. Well, that changes the game. Right? Oh, it's, that totally changes the yeah. story. It's, so Wesley Crockett says apparently the guy getting beat up hit a female family member. He got off easy, in my opinion. If that was, if allegedly that's what happened, he 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 got off easy. In that yeah, case. so that's that's the point. So I don't know. We'll we'll find out, but I don't know. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. Um, get into a little little recruiting stuff. So yesterday, I got to give my man credit. Uh, Brendan actually sent this to me, or Clay one of the two had sent it to me yesterday. Jeff Trailer, the head coach at UTSA. Sends out a tweet yesterday. It says, Dear at NCAA football, how does UTSA football report Power 5 schools who are trying to poach our young talent? How much evidence do we really need to make this not be a part of our game? He's obviously complaining about tampering. I don't – I get why he's frustrated. Totally understand it. I don't think the NCAA is going to do anything at all about tampering. I think the NCAA feels like that is way too big of a bite to take off. And I'm not one to defend the NCAA. You know that. I've heard. But I don't blame them here. Because they look at it and say, everyone's doing it. There's only so many of us. There's no way we can... You'd have to have, and maybe Trailer has this kind of proof, but you'd have to have video, audio, text, and it couldn't be the indirect stuff where, yeah, you're not supposed to talk to a coach, but you kind of did, or you're not supposed to talk to an uncle, but you kind of did. It can't be some, hey, I passed by, you know, I was out, I was out recruiting, and I passed by the, 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 the player's uncle in a restaurant. Nope, that, that's not enough. Is that tampering? Of course it's tampering. Is that, it's, and so the NCAA's response is going to be, we can't handle this. This is way too much. And, and frankly, I think that's a valid defense on their part. It's going to take – look, coaches are going to take the gray area and are going – and are going to dance all over it. Well, they always have. Always have, always will. That's never going to change. Until, and to my knowledge, they haven't. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong because I just don't know of it. Until they hammer somebody's ass for tampering. Right. It's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse. But to hammer them, you're going to have to prove it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then then when you hammer somebody, how do you go about choosing who you're going to hammer? Yeah. And then here's the other thing. I get his and frustration. And does anything happen to the kid? Because never has. It never does. Yeah. So, you know, and a lot of times the kids, and I don't blame the kids here. Hey, look, I'm going to get in the portal in December. It's September. They send a few people out. Find out what you can find out. Yeah. And so all that stuff's going on. It just I get why Trailer Trailer is at one of the programs. Hey, y'all need some pick-me-up for today? Oh, it'd be good for you, though. Sorry. I was saying hello. I'm a friendly guy. You've never met a stranger. I've, I've learned. Um, I get why Trailer's frustrated. He's at one of the programs. He's done a hell of a job at UTSA. We just saw them play a very exceptional bowl game against Troy. Yeah. It was a fun game. But he's at one of the programs where they are going to be a feeder program. When he gets good players who step in and play well, those players are going to get recruited by the Power 5 programs. And it just is. And I get why that's frustrating. But it, it is, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Group of five coaches are more frustrated than power five coaches because at least the pop, most power five schools, and I, I say most, not all, but most power five schools at least have something that they can combat with, right? They got a booster or somebody they can go say, hey, can we get sure. some NIL money? Sure. But when you're at a group of five school, I mean, look, you went to school there. If Monroe has a boy dog, What's what are they going to do? What what are they going to counter with if Nothing. if LSU comes to play? Nothing. They're going to lose the player. 
And, you know, if you're at Ole Miss or you're at Mississippi State or whoever and you have – right, Will Rogers, let's just take him for example. If somebody comes well, and tries to get Quinshawn Junkins him, is a great example. Yeah, Quinshawn Junkins, great example, okay. He was getting pursued very heavily. But a program like Ole Miss, which they, doesn't have the resources of, say, Alabama or Michigan or whatever, they do have enough resources found enough to, to make go, it happen. hey, we'll take care of this yeah. one. Yeah. Just, they can take care of their big dogs. Right. And that's where the – I think a lot of the frustration with a group of five-level coaches, that's where it's at because it's they justified. have – It's justified. It's valid. No I get it. They have no weapons. I get it. It's totally – it's the one th- – it's the one of the reasons that the whole – they would argue that the – Oh, you come on. You're good. How are you doing today? Hey, how Merry are Christmas you? to you. You come through. Still haven't met a stranger. She's thinking, who was that guy? Yeah, she's like, I know that guy from somewhere. Not really. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> People aren't nice these days. You know that? People in Idaho are really nice. People in Idaho are great. These are my people. These are my people. I you don't get, know you why. You pick up quick you and move it to, move I'm, it to Boise? I'm considering And by the way, I've been told that we've mispronounced. I've been saying Boise, and everybody says it's Boise. Boise. Yeah, Ryan said it's okay. Ryan says whatever. Yeah, and whatever. I'm, I'm with and the he whatever. Lives here. We're good. Um, my last name's McCready, and I've lived with McCready my entire life, so whatever. Boise, Boise, it'll be all right. Yeah, you're, but your name is hard sometimes, like if, if people don't know you, because you see MCC and it's R E A D, so people go McCree, because Reed. That's how they. Yeah. If, if, I wouldn't have known if you hadn't have told me back in the day. Yeah. But I mispronounce a lot of things, too. All right, anyway, going back, we're rambling already. Um, but, yeah, that's the only – they don't have a weapon. They don't have an NIL weapon, and it's tough for them, and they get frustrated. Well, what I was going to say is, is they liked the having to sit a year because at least that made a kid consider it, right? Yeah. A kid might still decide to transfer, but he was going to have to sit that year, and for a 19-, 20-year-old person, a year is a long time. They don't want to wait at all anymore. So that stopped some of that. And it let some of those players stay. And now you're at one of those programs and you have somebody just jump off the page as a young player. Unless he, and, and this will happen. There are some of those guys that decide to stay. But if they stay, it's going to be because they really liked where they are, their family likes it, et cetera, et cetera. If they start shopping, they're leaving. And that's just the frustrating part for Jeff Trailer, who now – looks at a place like UTSA and says, if I want to win big, I can't, I can't stay here. Yeah. It's tough, man. And that's part of it. The, I still think, as crazy as that sounds, I still think the, the way uh, to go in the group of five level is to recruit high school kids. Even if you lose them, that's the way to go because developing a high school player in your culture at that level – it makes all the difference in the world, you know. Um, well, we, and if you win some, you get more time. You get to establish what you're doing because when you're taking guys out of the portal, and there are exceptions, when you take guys out of the portal that failed at the Power Five level, there's a reason. There's a reason. Now, some of them turn out and and, and become really yeah. good players, but but usually there's a reason that it didn't work out, and that reason is usually not always, but usually fairly negative. Sometimes it's you just got buried on a depth chart. Sometimes it was no fault of your own. Maybe you got an injury or something like that. But usually it's you didn't put the work in. You, didn't, you weren't fully committed to the program, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so, you know, one thing uh, I know that I saw this yesterday in my, in my uh, brief time on Twitter yesterday. Uh, you know, Marcel Reed decommitted and committed to last night, uh, committed to uh, Texas A&M. Yep. Um. And I told you this morning, I don't know after a year of this, if I was running a recruiting department, I don't think I would, uh, moving forward, and there's no way to know this, not, you know, a year ago, uh, but moving forward, I don't think I would ever invest a single dollar in a high school quarterback ever again. Now, what I would do is I would go, okay. Even at like an Alabama or right, a Georgia? So let's take, let's take uh, the uh, – Because you can get a Bryce Young and you wouldn't want a Bryce Young? Yeah, no, I'm with you. They're going to hit, right? Alabama's probably different, okay? Yeah. But I'm talking about anywhere else. 
Like you're talking about, you so know, the Jaden Rashada kid, right? A middle of the pack SEC Big Ten team. I would never invest another dollar in a high school kid. You would just live in the portal? But here's why. All right, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But Leary leaves NC State, right? Yeah, Devin Leary, the NC State quarterback. Baller. Enters the portal. Yeah, solid. Baller. Very good quarterback. Really good. Yeah. Why pay a high school kid a million or $2 million that you don't have any idea how he's going to turn out? And this is a big experiment right now because these kids are coming in, coming from high school into college this year getting all this money, and we don't know what's going to happen. We don't. How right. are they going to respond to it? Sure. Why don't I go pay $2 million or a million dollars a year and rent, which you know what he is. You know what he's going to do. And you go rent him, and that's the most important position on the field. It's the only position on the field that touches the ball every play. So you think the days of the power programs signing an elite quarterback every year, stacking a few, letting it sort out, you think those days are over? I think they're over because I don't think you're going – all right, so let's take Jaden Rashada. What's the rumor number he got from Florida? I mean, it's up there. It, it's, it's not eight figures, but it's close. Okay. So now we're that's, uppers. that's over five years. Yeah. Right. So let's call it over a million dollars a year. That's safe. I think that's safe. Okay. All right, so over a million dollars a year. Go get a Grayson McCall. Go get a Leary. Go get – there's guys every single year that will pop up. Go get a Jackson Dart. Go get guys and go pay them a million or $2 million a year that you know what you're going to get. It's not an experiment. These kids – all right, so you, he goes to Florida, right? He's getting that much money. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What? They're not going to be able to go pay a guy to come sit behind him because you're going to pay him to come sit behind him, and he's either going one of those two is going to go in the portal, and you just lost your investment. So I don't think you're going to be able to stack good high school quarterbacks anymore. So how do you build depth at that position? It's quarterbacks the, get hurt. You, that's the thing is I don't know when the new model. I don't have an that's what I'm saying. I don't have an answer for you. See, to me, like when I look at it from Ole Miss's perspective, losing Marcel Reed. I don't know how good Marcel Reed is or isn't. I don't know how ready to play Marcel Reed is or isn't. I think he's a ways away. Okay. But the problem you have is that you've now gone two years in a row where you didn't sign a quarterback. You've got Jackson Dart, who's got another couple of years of eligibility or more. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to think about his table for a minute. He's got eligibility remaining. Him being there, 
I mean, he's NFL eligible after next season. I think the odds of him going pro after next season are not super high. But if he decided to stay, it's hard. You, you can't you can't bring in a portal quarterback because he's not going to come sit behind come Jackson sit. Dart. Agree. And so if you don't have a high school guy and you don't have another portal guy and you have an offense that utilizes a running quarterback, I mean, you're just like every offensive series, you start it with our father who art in heaven. I mean, what do you do? Well, the other thing it does is it changes your play calling. Well, that's my point. You can't run your quarterback runs and all that and stuff. So and so that takes away one of Jackson Dart's weapons. weapons. Yeah. I think if – let's say if I was at Ole Miss, okay, and I was in the exact situation they were, and then there was – and to me, I don't think they were wrong. Okay, let me, go, let me go there. I think their strategy of going after Marcel Reed was the right strategy because I well, didn't see him – if you remember, this him. all happened – This all, all the quarterback stuff, as it always does, it was March, April, May – all the quarterbacks yeah. started doing this, you know. Yeah, Mary what's, the, what's, the, what's the name of the sh- – the, everybody, the chairs, you take a chair musical away. Chairs. Musical chairs. Everybody goes getting their spot. The music starts playing. Everybody goes, oh, i got to get my spot. Yeah. And it's, it's not how it works, right? You play the music and you walk around the chairs. When the music stops, you get in your spot. Correct. Well, they heard the music stop. Yeah. And everybody scrambles for a seat. And Rashada goes to Miami and Vizina goes to Clemson. And Arch Manning goes to Texas, and et cetera. Right. And <coughs> Ole Miss could get Marcel Reed at that point. And they liked him. And look, he had a really big year in Tennessee. He was Mr. Football. Yeah, no, I think, great whatever. Year. I mean, well, here's my question. If you, and this is, this is not me doing anything but being rhetorical, okay? I'm just throwing it out for yeah. discussion's sake. If he was worth whatever he was worth, in September, October, and Texas A&M ups the ante. I think it's a byproduct of what we're talking about. Do you do you consider at that point overpaying, or do you go, no, this is a limit? Because it's kind of like the baseball free agency thing, right? Correct. You're 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 in on Carlos Correa. You're the Dodgers. Yeah. You're, or, or you're the Red Sox or whoever. You're in on Carlos Correa, and then somebody comes in with this massive offer. And you, the agent calls and says, all right, well, he has 13 for three, whatever the hell it was, 60 from San Francisco. You've got two hours to match. Does it pay to go, you know what, he's not worth that, but we have to have a player, so here's the money? Or do you, are you more disciplined? Like, I don't, again, I don't think Ole Miss was wrong. and I think they were actually taking the right strategy. I, I didn't, Marcel Reed to me was not an elite quarterback. They had their, they got their guy, and so they wanted to develop him, and and they were in, and then I think what we're talking about here, the reason he decommitted is because of the exact byproduct of what we're talking about. I think A and M starting to have quarterback issues because they're paying this guy and, and all this and, stuff. And they've and got they, so many resources. And that now Marcel Reed becomes overvalued. They can they can sort of become the Yankees, if you will, and just go, yeah, we're going to yeah. throw the money at him, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't, doesn't work, work out. out doesn't it's work no out. big deal. But I think guys are being overvalued, and so if I had to do it, if I was in this, if I was right now, I would. This is what I would do. I think I, I, I thought about it all of one day because this started going through my head. I would, I would have my starting quarterback. I'd pay these shit out of. Them. I'd go. I would go rent a quarterback. I'm talking about. I'm saving the NIL money. We're going to pay whatever it takes to go get a Leary, go get a Grayson McCall, and I mean, go get these elite guys out of the portal because they're going to come out every year. Go let somebody else develop a kid and let him come out to be whatever. Let them develop him, and then you go buy him. That's what I would do. Now, in the backup part of it, now I'd go get the kid that's going to, to develop your room. You know what? I'm going to go sign the kids that South Alabama's recruiting. I'm going to go fill my room up with a group of five lower-level power five quarterbacks because they they'll come just to go play in the SEC, right? Right. If you hit a home run, you hit a home run. All right, and then you can move him up. Like, I'll give you an example. All right, Ryan Applin, who we had at Arkansas State, yeah. we, we beat literally no one on him. Okay, I beat Jacksonville University, who I don't even think has a football team anymore, NAIA school. Sure. Ryan Applin would have started day one at Ole Miss. One of the best I've ever been around. Didn't beat anybody on him. So, if you hit a home run like that, great, you hit a home run. Um, but I think you invest on the guy playing, and then you're going – there's just going to be – I think now you're not going to be able to stack these high school quarterbacks anymore 
think moving forward, I think it's going to be difficult. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I would want to sign a quarterback that was willing to come in and sit. That's an, you better be a competitive dude in that room. Yeah, I just think it's an interesting – like it, programs like Ole Miss now, it's an interesting dilemma. I don't even – dilemma is the right word. Maybe it is. Where they go in the next season, into the next recruiting cycle, where you kind of feel like, hey, we've got to go get our guy. But if it's not a high school guy, it's a portal guy, but you don't know whether Dart's going to stay or go. Yeah. Like if Dart has a good year but not a great year, okay? Let's say he has just a really solid year, but it's not elite off-the-page year. And the NFL guys give him a fourth – and I'm making stuff up right now, okay? Yes. I'm not – All right. I'm with you. I like Jackson a ton. I hope, it, I hope he has a monster year and is a Heisman candidate. I, I like the kid. I like his dad. So this is not – this is just for the sake of this scenario, Okay. Say he's got a solid year, gets a fifth-round grade, and quietly the NFL guys go, you know what, if you'd go back one more year, fix this, work on this, work on this, your grade could move up to a second-round grade. Well, that's worth doing. And yep. then, So if you're Ole Miss, though, at that point, he's been your starter for two seasons. So 13 – he's, he's started 26 straight games <coughs> or whatever the number is. You don't – you're not coming in because if you're, if you're next year's Devin Leary or next year's Grayson McCall, you're not coming to Ole Miss because Jackson's art's still there. Correct. So I just think it – so I guess you double up the money and save it up or whatever, and then when he does leave, you jump in the portal and that's, get the next guy. I guess that's your answer. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of saying is like, okay, instead of spending a million dollars on a high school quarterback this year, all right, save it. All right, so if Jackson – let's say Jackson Dart. Well, he, he will be, what, a third-year player next year? Yeah. But he will be a true junior – a red shirt because he didn't play in four games, right, as a freshman. All right, so he could come out for the draft next year, all right? Yeah, regardless, he's, he's draft eligible. He's draft eligible, right? Season. Yeah. So instead of paying a kid this year, you take that money and you put it aside. You take the money out of the NIL account that you have right now and you put it over here. You don't touch it. You don't touch it. I'm taking whatever you were going to pay for this kid, I'm going to put it in this account put right here. Put it in escrow. Escrow. I'm not touching it, all right? I've only bought – 10,000 houses, I actually knew that one. You didn't sneak that one by me. I knew what that one was. All right, so I'm going to take that money out, and I'm going to put it on the side. And as long as Jackson Dart is our quarterback, if he's, he decides to stay next year, I'm going to take that money out next year. I'm going to put it in escrow. And whenever he leaves, I'm going to take that third year. I'm going to take all that money. I'm going to go get me a Leary. I'm going to go get me a dude. Rent, I'm going to rent one and, and do the same exact thing every year. And then, uh, first of all, we got a super chat. I'll, I'll – uh, Wesley, I'll get to you in a second because the following thing made me think about it. Let's take Ken K. Dent, for example, okay? I was here when we, when we signed Ken K. Dent, all right? We were in this in-between coaching and, and complete systems, right? We had Longo was leaving and, and going, and then we're bringing in a new coordinator. Well, we had to sign a quarterback. You got to have a quarterback to play. And we were in a very similar situation, okay, because we were about to have two guys on scholarship, okay, Matt Corral and one more. And the next guy was going to be a freshman. So, my deal was, is like, all right, depending on the system. Because really, and I want, we had, you had John Rice Plumley, You had K.J. Jefferson. And depending on who we, what system we were going to use and all that stuff, who was coming in, we went ahead and took Kincaid Dent to make sure we had a scholarship player. Because Kincaid wasn't getting recruited very heavily. But Kincaid is like, he's in a, he doesn't play a lot, obviously. KK Dent's a but he's very, a guy who could easily transfer down a level and be a quarterback. I don't easily. know. I don't know if he's not the second best quarterback in the room right now. To begin with, just to be honest. Yeah. Okay. KK Dent's he just doesn't get to play a lot. He's not terrible. He's very serviceable. Sure. And so you go ahead and you secure that spot, and then you go and now you can go. Okay, now I got this in my bank. Now I can go out and I can go recruit. Depending on who who he hires a coordinator, it's going to be either KJ Jefferson or John Rice Plumley. So the answer might be you take a little bit of NIL money or pay-for-play money or salary or whatever you want to call it. It's kind of like a major league baseball team. And secure up your backup? Yeah, just hey, get that utility infielder. Get that fifth outfielder. Make sure you got him on a contract. And if something comes to it where you got to play him, he plays. Yeah. And you solve that. But it's interesting. Uh, got a super chat from uh, Wesley Crockett. Thank you, Wesley. He says, what if the NCAA stepped in and regula regulated NIL contracts? Let's say 500000 k plus requires a two-year commitment, for example. 
I mean, I think all these are great ideas. The problem is, which Neil's talked about 10,000 times, is you can't limit the amount of money that people make in their job. Well, the NCAA shows absolutely no signs of wanting to do that. And, again, I'm going to defend them. You can't. They would get killed in the public eye if they came in and said, so here's what we want to do. We want to limit how much a college football player can make. You're done. You have no chance. Well, the, the college football player would push back and go, no, wait a minute. What percentage of us go to the NFL? Yeah. This is my earning window right now with football. You're going to limit it? If I come to you and say, hey, Tyler, no matter how much success you have with Quick U, no matter how much, your earning potential is limited at $250,000 a year. That's I know they do that, As much right? as you can make. They do that. Who does that? The NCAA. <clears throat> with who? With me. But you could add more schools. I, I can add more schools, but I have a limited market. Like what I charge Alabama, I have to charge Jacksonville State. Oh, I see what you're saying. But, but they could, put a limit on it. Right. Now, if I could charge them $10 million a piece, you know what I'm saying? But I can't, I can't charge like if, if you couldn't afford the full price of my product, I couldn't. Like a business, I couldn't make it. I couldn't go on sale. You know, they I, don't I, let you do a discount. No, it's okay. it's whatever I all. It, yours FCS isn't, a, yours isn't a great example then, but yeah. you understand my yeah. point. I if someone it. goes to you and says, goes to a salesperson and says, "Hey, you're a phenomenal salesperson, but what we're going to do is we're going to limit once you sell to a certain point. From that point forward, any sales that you make, you don't get commissions. Right." Well, he's not, or she is not exactly going to be motivated to keep selling. Correct. At that point, unless they're just loving sales, at which point, no, you wouldn't, because what motivates people is you can make more money. Yep. So that's, I don't see how you could walk up to Caleb Williams right now, who's got another year left at USC. He's not making any money this year. I don't know how you could walk up to Caleb Williams and go, okay, you play a, a violent sport, you could get hurt. You've seen severe knee injuries. You've seen spinal, God forbid, spinal cord injuries. We've seen people get so injured that their professional potential disappears or is severely limited. A Willis McGahee kind of injury. Right. There's no, he can't go anywhere and get a contract that says, no, Caleb, you will not suffer. There's a 0% chance that you will suffer a career-ending injury. So next year, if I'm him, I'm maxing out. I just won the Heisman. I'm in Los Angeles. I play for Lincoln Riley. I play at one of the most prestigious, tradition-laden programs in the sport. I'm cashing in. Yeah. So if the NCAA comes to me and says, well, no, we think we should limit your earning potential to $50,000. I'm suing your ass. Yeah, they can't And the NCAA do that. doesn't want that lawsuit. Because no, who wants to go into court and go, yeah, we think that the labor should be limited on what it makes? Wait, 100%. That's, that's never going to – <clears throat> that's never going to um, change. They're going to do everything they can to avoid a lawsuit. Everything. Um, all right, let me ask you a question. Bryce Young, Will Anderson playing in the bowl game. What's your thoughts? I mean, on one hand, I think we're I, going to have opposite thoughts on this. On one hand, I admire it. On one hand, I appreciate them wanting to compete with their teammates. Uh, finish their careers in a glorious fashion. Not the way they wanted to finish it, but right. some of that's out of their control. To finish winning, competing in the Sugar Bowl with their teammates, enjoying the week in New Orleans, playing the game, going to the party after the game, knowing that they finished the right way. Right. On the other hand, if either one of them had said, it's a risk I can't take, I get it. I get it. I, I mean, Will Anderson and Bryce Young both are going to be, at worst, top ten picks. Probably their top five picks. Yeah, they might five. be top two picks. Okay? But they're going in the top five picks. In all, I think that's safe. Yeah. That is a tremendous <laughs> amount of money to risk to play in a football game that doesn't have championship ramifications. All right, now. I, so I get it. Either, either way, I get it. I, like I did with – I said this with Corral last year. There was people who criticized Matt for playing in the Sugar Bowl. 
and I got it. I understood the criticism. And there was a moment in that game when he's on the ground and you go, wow, what did he just do? How bad is it? Because you didn't know at the time how bad is the injury. Turns out it wasn't that bad and it was okay and you know the rest. But I also understood where Matt was coming from, which is, hey, I, I want to finish this season. I want to finish my career the way that, in a, for lack of a better word, in a traditional way. Yeah. So I, I get it. No one's ever – I've never looked back at Christian McCaffrey and said, you know, he opted out of the Sun Bowl. He's a bum. Yeah, you forgot about it. I just I, – so I'm one of those people with that. I'm, I'm kind of agnostic. Either way, whatever you think, I'm good. Does the insurance policies that they have – change your mind well if they didn't have an insurance policy oh, I would, you didn't I have would, one i would say you were foolish it would be literally well, like speeding do. down the highway without a seatbelt. they all do and as long as i can remember i would say see that was you talking about the ncaa this was the most ncaa thing ever um 15 years ago we'll just go there 15 years ago maybe 10 years ago the players themselves had to pay for insurance policies. Yeah. Now, how, do you, how do you think that worked out, Neil? The elite ones? Well, they got boosters to pay the insurance policy. It was going on so rampantly that the NCAA, kind of like they did. Again, I'm in the minority here because I know how everything works on the back end. I'm 100% convinced, and nobody can tell me otherwise. I'm 100% convinced because this is how the NCAA works, the extra COVID year was put in and they could go, oh, we're being nice to the kids, this, this, this. It was put in to uh, cover up the problems with the portal with the scholarship numbers. That, they, that, was, putting a, that was putting your finger in the, in the hole in the dam. So the NCAA, they realized they can't control all these players getting insurance money. They can't control who's paying for it. Because it was rampant. Of course. Rampant. And so they said, okay, schools, you can now pay for it. And did you ever see anybody go on probation for paying a kid's insurance policy? Did not you ever I, see that? Not that I recall. One of the most violated rules in the history of the NCAA. One of the most violated rules in the history of the NCAA was never punished. Now, why is that? Because they, they, we can't. Because then everybody, wait a minute, wait a minute. The, the public perception was going to be, Oh, we can't you're, – you're punishing them for taking care of a kid's future? Oh, no, they can't have that. So they just turn their eye and they figure out, oh, we can't control this. Okay, schools, you can pay for it now. So the schools have been paying for it. Golly. Um, I think I was at Alabama when that happened, when that rule came into place. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's been around a little bit. But every player, um, Lloyds of London and those guys, yeah. I don't know who, by the way, I don't know who does this, but one of those guys overseas determines their value, like their draft status and stuff. Like guy has no, probably doesn't know anything about American football, but he gets it figured out and he's pretty damn good. But these guys, if they have anything that happens that affects their draft status, like when you sign that contract, I always used to joke with the players, I'd be like, congratulations, you're a millionaire. They're like, what do you mean? I said, well, you're either going to get drafted or you get hurt and you're a millionaire. Like – when you sign that piece, when you sign that contract, yeah. you're a millionaire. You're rich. Yeah. So, but still, I mean, if Bryce Young were to announce, hey, I just, I feel it's in my best interest not to play in the game. I get it. I wouldn't. That's not something I would hold against Bryce Young. I'm not surprised that he's playing. I wouldn't hold it against. It wouldn't change the way I view him. I and think, I view him quite favorably, as you know. Yeah, I do too. I, I think it's a little. I think it's a lot of the NFL guys. That's a big deal, opting out. And there's there's some things that they're they're looking at red flags and things like that on guys when you play in the game. Not not saying that it will affect your draft status. You just eliminate that red flag with the NFL. So you think Levis is making a mistake playing in no, the? No, I mean I don't. I, I I don't. Again, this is me. I'm same way. Yeah, I don't. I'm okay either way. Yeah, I'm consistent on this. If Will Levis said I want to play with my team in Nashville, cool. If he says it's just not worth the risk, I get it. I'm not judging that. I think I think the deal with uh, with Will Anderson. I think the deal with Bryce Young. I think they have felt some pressure uh, from former players to uphold us. They were responsible for holding up a standard, and I think this is a. Um, I think playing in the game is their way of upholding their standard. While they, well, it was their turn. 
Well, it's certainly a standard. You were saying, was it Reggie Rutland got a couple of snaps the other day? They now have 70 players yeah, in the Reggie National Ragland Football got, League. Yeah, Reggie Ragland played two snaps in the uh, Browns game the other day. So Alabama has 70, 70, 70 players in the NFL right now. It's just a stunning number. That's, it's a lot. That's an entire roster. And then and some. And then some, yeah. That's a lot. Oh, yeah. What's up with the – not doing the show again for a bit. Yeah, we're taking a little hiatus. Taking a little break. P- college football playoff is in 11 days. Yeah, we do. We won't do a show for then? What, what day is that? I don't know. In we're taking a break don't. in case we don't, yeah. In case we don't. I don't think we will. We may or may not. Can either one of those games be competitive? <laughs> um, can TCU I, stay with Michigan? Can Ohio State no. stay with Georgia? I, I think I think Michigan is going to run all over TCU. Um I think Michigan, I think that's going to be a blowout. I think they're going to out-physical them. I think the big thing with TCU is they seem to, when they can't run the football and they're not going to be able to run the football, uh, when they can't run the football, their answer is to close their eyes and throw it deep. Uh, they just haven't had – and, and Dugan, good quarterback, love him to death, but he's not going to be able to outrun those guys. I think Michigan blows the doors off them. I don't even know what the line is. Hit me up on the line. Uh, it's, it's, I'm betting on Michigan. I don't care it's if it's like, uh, 17. I'm, it's I think like it's 11 a, or 12. I think it's a 21-point game. Yeah. I'm taking – I think it's a 21 to 28-point game. Seven and a half, that's a freaking steal. I'm taking – I'm not even thinking about it. I may do it before I get home. Um, Michigan all over TCU. What about Georgia, Ohio State? Georgia, Ohio State, man, this is the – it's an interesting matchup. Um, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than people probably think. I could be dead watch it be a blowout. Um, I think Georgia wins. Um, Ohio State on defense has enough ass to kick ass, but I don't know, man. I, I'm interested. That's the one I'm interested in. Um, I, Georgia got the, got screwed up on the draw on that one. What's the line on that one? Seven. That's about right, I think. I'm going to have George, a tough time. I, I love Georgia minus the points. Yeah. I just think you're you're probably right. I think when Georgia's locked in and they typically are going are locked in on games like well, they're this. They're going to be locked in. I just think when they're locked in, they're just superior. They're locked in. I, and I can't get out of my mind what they did to Michigan a year ago. Now Michigan was not as good a year ago as Michigan is today. Correct. But and Georgia might not be as good this year as it was last year. In fact, Georgia last year beats Georgia this year. Correct. But there's still a there's still a disparity. I just I'm not a fan of CJ Stroud. He'll go out and, and he'll go out and throw for 900 yards, but I'm not a fan of him. Um, I I just for some reason I think that this game is probably a little closer. Maybe maybe they score an extra score late or something. But I think Georgia wins the game. Uh, but I think it'll be closer than what people think for a while. It's just going to be a matter if they cover at the end or not, you know. Now the other on the other side, I, I, like I said, Michigan Michigan beating TCU, I think is is free money. Yeah, I tend to agree. So um, probably time for us to start getting out of here. They got yeah. some they got some people rolling in. Um, any any final thoughts from the road to Boise? Now that we're here, before we I, I go freeze, you're all um, bundled up. Yeah, dude, I have. I look outside and just get cold. I have my snow leggings on. I got my leggings on. Yeah. I got my courtesy of Ken Crane. Yep. I got my. I stole this shirt. It didn't have any logos on it. I'm sorry, Ken. I stole this shirt. This is a Nike Thermal from Sideline Edition from whatever year that was. Um, my man Ryan got us hooked up with some gloves and some hand warmers. I know you won't be able to experience that. I've got. There, there's nothing against gloves and hand warmers. I'm just teasing. No man. rules. Just teasing. Um, but I, I think I think uh, it's cold as shit. And if it's colder. At home, when we get back into this, it's going to be a miserable weekend because I'm cold. I don't do cold. I'm, I've never been more thankful for winning this competition than I was this morning when I walked out of the hotel. I appreciate that sentiment, Tyler. Really, really kind. But I would like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Absolutely. And remember, it costs absolutely nothing to be nice to people. <laughs> Did you know that? I was aware. It costs nothing. You should say hello, wish everyone a Merry Christmas, which have you noticed I've wished pretty much everybody a Merry Christmas. You have wished everyone that we've encountered, no. every every Uber driver, everyone. And you know Merry what Christmas. you know what they do when you say that? They smile. It makes them happy for about a brief millisecond. Like if you say Merry Christmas to someone, they go, Man, that guy you know, 
thank you. This feels like a scene out of Elf where Will yeah. Ferrell's character says, Christmas is all about sp- spreading cheer. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. That's, that, that is very true. So you should belt out Silent Night right now. Go for it. Silent Three. Night. Or, or Jingle Bells. Here we go. Three. Jingle no. Bells. Sing it. No, Bob's going to sing it with me. My man Bob is going He Bob's going to uh, New Year's Eve in Times Square. Yeah, head, heading to the Big Apple. He's smart, though. He's got, he's got a suite overlooking Times Square, not down there freezing his ass off. You won't be wearing your short sleeve shirt in, in Times Square, will you, Bob? Nope. I like it. Did you? Uh, so Bob, Bob had a funny for me last night at dinner. Before we get out of here, Bob's uh, Bob said his wife booked dinner across the street from the hotel. Did you figure out how you're going to maneuver over to the amongst all the people to get to dinner? You got to walk halfway down the world to get there. I thought that was funny, but uh, no, just be nice to people. Merry Christmas. I want everyone to have a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I don't know when we're going to get back. Whenever, we'll figure something out. Um, obviously, we'll take we'll take off for we maybe do some pre. I don't know. We'll figure it. We'll out. figure it out. We'll I'm in town out. until the seventh. Oh yeah, so you're going I'm to the going, convention. Going to the convention for a couple days, and then uh, I'll be in town for a bit. I'll be in town. I'll be in my snuggly fireplace when it's cold outside. But uh, I want everybody to have a wonderful Christmas. Um, be nice to everybody. There's nothing wrong being nice. Smile. Merry Christmas. And just remember, it's never that bad. It's never that bad. Never that bad. I'm trying to remember that today. Yeah, just remember that. It's never that bad, Neil. When it's go outside, you have no jacket on, and it's 20 degrees with the wind blowing 40 miles an hour, it's never that bad, Neil. 23 degrees, and it's light, variable winds. Yeah, We've got snow coming, so good luck to you. So, again, our thanks to the people at Broadway on the Rocks uh, for making awesome. this show possible. Again, our thanks. I uh, forgot to mention them yesterday. Walk on Sports Bistro. Been yep. with us since we started the show. Everybody said, don't start a show in July. And I said, you know what? Let's start in July. It's a good idea. And uh, the show's been super successful. Thanks to uh, The Rogue. The Rogue? Why did I say The Rogue? I don't know. I don't either. Your, your, your brain is flustered because you see what's coming out the window. I think that's what it is. Thanks to our the, the people at Rain Total Body Fuel. Been for, great. Uh, for, yeah, big. Try all of their products. I'm a big fan of the Inferno. Got the, uh, let's see what do we have today. Rainbow Sherbet. Got the Rainbow Sherbet. Cherry, cherry Limeade. Which is probably my favorite of the un-thermogenic brand. The Gummy Bear, White Gummy Bear. Solid. I, I go it's in the rotation. pretty often. Uh, orange, orange Dream Sickle. That's Bob's favorite. It's it's on my it's high on my list. Bob's too. raising the roof on orange. I think it's number two on my list. Ryan, what's yours? Hey Ryan, can you come over here and show your stash so your wife? You, she didn't get to see it yesterday. Yeah, we, she we, didn't see you on the stream. Uh, Ryan, you didn't see you were hiding yesterday. Why don't you come over here and say hello to everybody? Hey everybody. So you have the the best stash in Idaho. I don't yeah. Know about that, but. No, you do. Yeah, it's right, it's it's fantastic. Absolutely. It's fantastic. It's borderline Top Gunnish. Is that what you're going for? Does though? it motivate Top you at Gun all? Maverick, I've watched it a couple times. Great movie. What's that? Are you? Does it motivate you to give it a shot? I don't do mustaches. Can't do it. I don't. I, I can't. Do hair either. What's that? Yeah, I don't do hair either. Look at this guy throwing shots. Look at him throwing shots. <laughs> I caught. I caught some strays on that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt, throwing I shots. I felt shrapnel, sort of just. Hit me. So, well, tell me about uh, what you got. What you got planned for the rest of the day? You going to the game with us today? It's probably too cold for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from here. <laughs> You're from here, and it's too cold. That's that, that makes Neil really excited right a there. Good game, yeah. You guys heading downtown tomorrow or today? No, today? we're. I don't know. We're going. We're going to go to this game. I'm going to check and see if my guys in a uh, ice cube or not. See if I got to take him to the hospital or not. And then we'll after we we judge his, we get him checked out by the medical personnel. Then we will re, we'll reconvene uh, to see what the rest of the day looks like. I've been told that Boise has a uh, boisterous nightlife. I'm going to find out whether that is true tonight. Yes. Hey, you know what else we can do? You know what else we can do today, Ryan? Make sure that when you when you are looking for stocking stuffers, this, I had this great idea today. Stocking stuffers, everyone should go get go buy a bunch of rain. Okay. It's your local Albertsons or your local Kroger, Walmart, wherever you can find it. 
by a bunch of rain, and it fits great into a stocking. Right you know into that? a stocking. Right into one. Yeah. I leave it out for Santa. Oh, yeah. So, Aaron, if you're listening, Santa would like a can of rain. Wouldn't that make more sense? I mean, the guy's traveling the entire world in one night. Yeah. I mean, Dude. there's no margin for error. You drink a lot of milk. You're running a risk. Like someone go to puts, sleep. Someone, well, someone puts some milk out. Who knows? The milk might be a little spoiled. Can milk be sitting got, might for a while. get warm. Might have kept the fireplace running. Milk gets a little curdled. Next thing you know, Santa doesn't have time for a stop. Santa's not feeling well. So you give him some rain. He's all. He's ready up, to go. Ready to roll. Does anything go better with chocolate chip cookies than rain, Bob? No, absolutely not. Does anything go better with chocolate chip cookies than rain? So I think Santa gets some rain, some stocking stuffers. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. You down everybody, with that? Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Hey, make sure you follow us on uh, uh, Jay Robertson. Hit us with a uh, super chat. Said that he is enjoying a rain right now. So everybody have fun. But um, make sure. You get your rain. Make sure everybody have a uh, wonderful Christmas. And follow us on social media. My man Cole's going to be posting some videos of, of Neil out in the wild today. Um, so if everybody wants to make fun of Neil being cold, now the bar, as we're wrapping up, the bar's starting to crack up. It's starting to get pre-gamey. You guys um, want to rain? You want some juice? You want some rain? All right, yeah, good mixture. So, right, so we'll, we'll, uh, here. we'll wrap it up there. Thanks again to Broadway on the Rocks for having us. Thanks to uh, Rain for making this entire trip possible. Uh, thanks to Cole for all the work he did behind the scenes uh, over the course of the last five days. We'll be back at some point after Christmas. Maybe it's before New Year's, might be after. We'll, get, we'll let you know. Uh, we'll figure it out. social media, we'll let you know. Thanks for um, being part of the road, to, the road to Boise, Vegas, Boise, everything, all that stuff. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. For Tyler, I'm Neil. Take care.